Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to Commanding the Huddle. I am your host, Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network. And before we get in to today's Week 17 preview, Cleveland Browns visiting the 500-7-7-1 Washington Commanders. As always, this podcast is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline, who continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs with first-to-market odds and lines. Whether you're looking to place a bet on the college football playoff this weekend, the NFL, NBA, NHL, or even golf or esports, you can head on over to betonline.com today and use your mobile device to get 50% off your first welcome deposit using our promo code BELIEVE50. That's B L E A V 50 to get 50% off your first welcome deposit over at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump into today's preview a full in-depth preview for the Cleveland Browns. Six and nine, the occupants of the basement, if you will, in the AFC North behind the Bengals, Ravens, and Steelers. There have been a lot of turmoil, obviously, that we understand with the Cleveland Browns. are getting back to Sean Watson these last two weeks. Has not been pretty under center, but it takes time, right, for him to get, the, get his legs back under him. And usually we've seen in the past, teams have some success, when they want to have a breakout day against the Commanders or the Washington franchise, just in general, dating back to the days of the football team and of the Redskins. Guys want to have breakout days, not just at the quarterback position, the receiver spot, running backs, an edge rusher. Sometimes they have breakout days in Washington, but this is such a huge week. Week 17, with obviously changes on Washington's side as well, at the quarterback position with Carson Wentz leading the charge once again for the first time since the early portions of this season. With Cleveland coming into town, this is a roster that by no means should be looked over because of their record. At 6-9, and nine, they've already been eliminated from playoff contention in the AFC. So they're already looking towards warmer weather in the spring, go where they're planning their vacations, where they're going to be golfing in the next few months. But this is a team that has a ton of talent on both sides of the football. So let's get into the Cleveland Browns, who they are, head coached by Kevin Stefanski, and a unit offensively that can give Washington some fits specifically because how they're built and they're built within a front five from left to right left tackle Jedrick Wills first rounder from Alabama in 2020 Joel Batonio at left guard one of the best left guards in all of football Ethan Pochich at center Wyatt Teller at right guard and Jack Conklin at right tackle with Batonio and Teller and Conklin specifically Jedrick Wills was held out of practice on Wednesday, again, I'm recording this on Thursday morning. The Thursday practice report has yet to come out. He missed practice on Wednesday. So who knows? As of right now, he's not on track to play. And if he's not able to play, they're going to have to plug in James Hudson, guy they took out of Cincinnati back on day three in 2021, who's gotten some snaps, but had his lapses, just like Jedrick has at left tackle. But James Hudson is not Jedrick Wills from a talent perspective and be able to really stymie edge rushers outside at left tackle. But this front five is not a joke. And they stem everything for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt 
one of the most dynamic two-headed backfields in the NFL to really get the ground game going. Because just like Washington, where everything stems from the ground game, that's where Cleveland makes their money. It's in the ground game. Nick Chubb, we all know who Nick Chubb is, one of the top backs in the NFL. He's going to range from, he can get from 20 carries to 30 carries, potentially more, depending on how well he's going. That's where he's going to fall. Kareem Hunt's going to get some touches on the ground as well, and then he'll work out in the backfield as a sure-handed guy in space, forcing those linebackers to cover, making those edge guys be a little bit more shallow in their rushes, not be so pin their ears back and pursue downfield because you have the threat of Kareem hopping out of the backfield. You have the threat of Deshaun Watson creating with his legs. This is an offense that's really well-structured and headed by by Kevin Stefanski, who is an offensive-minded head coach. But with Deshaun Watson under center, now this is week three of him, under center, it's never easy to go on the road and win the NFL. I think FedEx Field will be jumping a little bit this week. There's obviously, with we'll talk about Carson here in a little bit and kind of what I expect Washington to do to how to get him in the game plan and rhythm early because of the tough secondary that he's going to face this week. I'll just get into in the back end of this episode. But Washington's front four with Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, and John Allen, it starts there every single week. But this week, usually we talk about getting pressure, plugging those A and B gaps, getting through guards, right? Clogging up space and allowing those guys on the edge to eat. This week, it's about run defense. And Deshaun keeping him within the pocket and being disciplined in your rush lanes, not allowing him to say, hey, I don't have to complete 30 passes to win this week. I can be like Brock Purdy was last week, complete 15 passes, and I can pull out stops that Daniel Jones did against Washington. The, all these teams watch film. I can run. I can use my legs. We obviously know the athlete that Deshaun Watson is. He can create with his bottom half. And then you're trying to prepare for Nick Chubb. And then you get the play-action game to David Njoku at tight end over the middle of the field. He's their main tight end, Harrison Bryant, a kid out of Florida Atlantic. When he comes on the field, he's a lot like what John Bates, what Cole Turner offers right now, more of an extension of the offensive line. But David Njoku... We've seen Washington have troubles with tight ends for a long time. We saw it last week. George Kittle go for 120 yards and two touchdowns. David Njoku is not George Kittle, but he's a hell of a talent. And when he get, if he's able to get going and you see him at halftime with four or five catches for 30, 40 yards, you know, you really start to get him going. It opens up everything because then you look on the outside and you got Amari Cooper and you got Donovan Peoples-Jones. And then you got David Bell in the slot, the kid that they drafted out of Purdue in the third round this year. Now, David Bell has not been a heavily featured target in their offense. He's someone that has kind of enjoyed some rookie speed bumps, but he is talented. There's a reason he was a day two pick. Amari Cooper, all you Burgundy and Gold faithful out there understand what Amari Cooper offers on the outside. He's an elite tier one receiver in this league and can go off for as good as any receivers is in this league, he can go off and get the numbers against the Benjamin St. Juice and Kendall Fuller at any time. So their health on the outside, their continuity, continuity, excuse me, on the outside and the secondary as well. Cam Curl getting healthy. Derek Forrest having a better game than what we saw against San Francisco. We need Bobby McCain. That rotation of defenders is really going to have a test this week against this offense because as bad as this Browns offense has been, Especially this month of the year where they've been, they played two, they've been two and two, two wins, two losses the last month of the year. So they're playing 500 football, but they're not blowing anybody out. They're just not, they're not scoring a ton of points. They lost 17-10 at home to the New Orleans Saints last week. 
They beat the Ravens 13-3 without Lamar Jackson two weeks ago. And the week prior, they scored 10 points on the road against the Bengals. So this isn't a team that's going to blow you out from a points perspective, but we've obviously seen the lapses that Washington's defense has had these last few weeks, both allowing in the run game and then dynamic athletes over the middle of the field and then trying to guard those guys on the outside that can really get going if you need them to. And offenses aren't going to shy away from Kendall Fuller or Danny Johnson or Benjamin St. Just, even though Benjamin has been tested this year. I've talked a lot about on this podcast just how dynamic he is on the football field at 6'3", 33-inch arms, ability to play press man, ability to play zone and work downhill, use those long arms through contact and be physical. Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones aren't small by any means. They're both over that six-foot threshold. They can run. They can play above the rim if you need to. They're physical at the catch point. This is December football. So as much as we're going to prepare for Nick Chubb and his 215-pound-plus frame coming through those A and B gaps and forcing guys like Jamin Davis, we'll see if John Bostic plays this week. As of right now, it doesn't look like it. David Mayo at the middle of the field. God bless us. Now, this is going to be a tough defensive week for Washington. They're going to have to battle their tails off to keep Cleveland out of the end zone. They have a ton of weapons. And again, as all these names, the Coopers, the Donovan Peoples-Joneses, the Nick Chubbs, the Kareem Hunts, Deshaun Watson's arm and legs, it starts with the front five. These are all these sexy positions that we talk about every single week in the NFL. But it starts in the trenches with the big uglies and the ability to move people when playoff football is right around the corner. And this is a test of just flat out big old dudes getting after each other within the interior. Joel Batonio, Ethan Pochich, Wyatt Teller against Deron Payne, John Allen. Then you're on the outside with, I'm expected James Hudson and Jack Conklin against Montez Sweat and Chase Young. That fires me up because that is where football, just look back to the old 50s and 60s of football. Dudes getting after each other aligned nose to nose. If you win the trenches, you win the football game. We will talk about Cleveland's defense in a second as far as the test that Washington's front five is going to face with the likes of Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney this week. But for Washington's front four this week, to limit, you're not going to stop Nick Chubb, to limit Nick Chubb as much as possible, hold him under Three, three and a half yards of carry. If you can, it's going to be tough. But forcing Deshaun Watson, because he has been out for so long, to beat you with his arm and forcing Kendall Fuller and Benjamin St. Juice to, to cover on the outside more than two and a half seconds, it's going to be a great test this week for this defense. But I think they're going to play well in a game that they have to have. They have to have it. They have to. You have to continue to win football games. I'm sick and tired of every single year when Washington's trying to make it to the playoffs not taking care of their own business. It's always, what team do we need to lose today? Once you win the football game and take care of your business and control your own destiny, I don't want to worry about what Seattle or Detroit or what Green Bay is doing this week. I don't want to worry about them. But if you take care of your business at home against a team that is 6-9 and nine and has a new quarterback under center and has had some issues at outside at tackle and allowing some pressures this year 
And again, flip to the defense here in a second. This is a spot where Washington should win this football game. Now, I want to talk about Carson Wentz and flip to the opposite side of the ball with the Cleveland Browns defense. Well, they have some pop, mainly headlined at the first level with Miles Garrett, one of the premier defensive ends, edge rushers, pocket pushers, whatever you want to label him as in the NFL to come in in some time. A physical freak at 6'4 and 260 plus pounds and can run 4'6. A lot like Montez Sweat is, as that built-in-a-lab, if you will, quote-unquote, type of athlete, that's what Miles Garrett is. He's recorded multiple sack games in two of the last three weeks, and they move him around. We saw Nick Bosa last week. We've seen the success that edge talents have against this Washington front five. Charles Eno, Julius Lucas, Sam Cosby, whoever's at right tackle this week, we'll see. They're probably going to swap snaps again. Washington has had trouble with edge rushers all year long. Even dating back to the rookies in week one, Trayvon Walker, they had trouble. Aiden Hutchinson had three sacks in the first half. We've seen the the success of guys like Kayvon Thibodeau and Nick Bosa the last two weeks. Now you got Miles Garrett coming into town. The most physical freak, if you will, of them all, of those guys that I just mentioned. And he he isn't statically aligned. He's not just going to align at five tech outside the left tackle. He's going to move over to the right tackle. He can hop inside and play three tech for you and rush over the guard. He can do so many different things because he is really their only guy that is an above-average defender along that front four. Jadavian Clowney's been okay for them. He's never really lived up to the expectations. I know a lot of you still remember the high school tape of Jadavian Clowney back in the day or him at South Carolina. Just of how dynamic a pass rusher that he was expected to to be. Had some good few years in in Houston at the start of his career, but in the back half now of his his career, kind of getting a little bit older and some wear and tear in the tires, he's offered some some good production for them. Only has three sacks. We understand that sacks aren't everything. He's creating pressures when healthy. He was held out. He was, excuse me, he's limited in practice yesterday because he's in concussion protocol, but those are really the two guys within the, within the interior. It's the, no one that moves the needle for me. So Andrew Norwell, We're going to see who aligns at center. Wes Schweitzer at center. It's going to be Trey Turner, most likely, at right guard. Unless they want to get some more snaps for Sam Cosme at right guard. Obviously, the trying to slot in Sadiq Charles at guard, that is long gone. That experiment, I don't think we're going to see Sadiq Charles ever again in the Burgundy Gold. That is just, sometimes you just got to take your losses and move on from that perspective. But in the middle, it's Jordan Elliott and Taven Bryan. That's that's what their defense is. They run a little bit 4-3. The secondary kind of moves the needle, gets to them in a second. But then that interior, Jordan Elliott and Taven Bryan, they drafted Perry and Winfrey, fourth rounder out of Oklahoma in, in the spring. But this is where Brian Robinson, Cleveland does not have a good rush defense. You got to get number eight going early. We will see if Antonio Gibson is healthy this week. He did not practice yesterday. So are we going to see Jonathan Williams? Obviously, we know J.D. McKissick's on IR. It's probably going to be Brian Robinson and Jonathan Williams this week, and I'm fine with Jonathan getting more carries. I think he's shown some pop and some physicality and a guy that takes advantage of every single snap that he has. But this is not a good rush defense within the interior for Cleveland. And as we know, the best way to counter a pass rush is what? Run at him. You can establish the run game with Brian. Get going early. Churn those legs. It's going to be cold. This weekend, churn those legs, get them going early in the first quarter and continue to feed them. Remember, he had 22 carries against San Francisco, 
17 of those came in the first half. Five in the second half. Now, they were chasing that ball game. Obviously, we saw this when Carson Wentz came in in the back half of that game, and the game kind of caught, kind of got away from, from Burgundy and Gold. But this week, Brian Robinson, again, you got to get him going to make things even easier on Carson Wentz to get him in rhythm with McLaurin, with Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, and we know that he likes to target Logan Thomas. Targeted him a ton in that fourth quarter in that Niners game. Almost threw a pick to Talanoa Hafunga, who read that slant route over the middle field. That's something that I think he needs to work on. That's this comfortability in the offense and not playing a little while. But the run game will allow Carson Wentz this week to get in rhythm early. I don't expect a ton of play action early in this ballgame. I expect a lot of RPOs with Brian Robinson at the holding that mesh point, hitting guys over the middle of the field early. If you want to dev- throw some screens to McLaurin and Dotson and Samuel on the outside, there's some jet sweeps and some unique looks. Make these linebackers at the second level for Cleveland who don't move the needle at all. Our old friend Jordan Kunashik plays that weak side linebacker position for Cleveland. These guys just don't move the needle. Defensive tackle and linebacker. Doesn't scare me. If I'm Scott Turner, I'm running at them and I'm forcing them to cover. And I'm trying to play inside out at the second and third level. So what I mean by that, I want their corners to tackle and I want their linebackers to cover. You drafted Cole Turner for a reason. You drafted John Bates for a reason. We obviously saw Armani Rogers this week being returned for practice designation. Whether that moves into next week or potentially into the playoffs, that's another sure set of hands and another athlete. Really, the most superior athlete in Washington's tight end room in Armani Rogers. More so than Bates, Turner, and Logan Thomas. Because we've seen these last few weeks with Taylor Heineke, the tight end position has been irrelevant in Washington's aerial game. But this week, for Logan over the middle of the field, against Kunashik, against Deion Jones, against Tony Fields, who has been okay in coverage, a guy they took last year on day three out of West Virginia. These are guys that must be tested in the run game and in the passing game. We're not going to see Carson create with his legs like Taylor can. But even though this last few weeks, we haven't seen Taylor Heineke threaten defenses with his legs like we've seen earlier parts of the year. Moving back to last year, obviously that 2020 playoff game against Tampa Bay, that's what made Taylor so unique when he had the limitations that he had as a passer. But now in that San Francisco game and the weeks before in the Giants games, we understood what the limitations were with Taylor as a passer. Taylor, excuse me, Carson Wentz does not have those limitations. They're going to want to stretch the field this week against guys like John Johnson and Grant Telpit at safety. They rotated in Ronnie Harrison, a kid that they acquired from Jacksonville, was a excuse me day two pick out of Alabama years ago. Someone that rotated, kind of that plays that Derek Forrest role, that, that Percy Butler kind of gets some snaps at the back end. He rotates in as that third safety, another secondary defender. I expect Washington to test them this week. If they're able to get the ground game going, which opens up play action, Denzel Ward on the outside, Greg Newsom, Martin Emerson's a rookie from Mississippi State that starts on the outside for them. Again, a rookie that starts on the outside. I like Jahan Dotson in that matchup. I expect Denzel to travel with Terry McLaurin this week. He's a hell of a corner, one of the top corners in football. Been picked on a little bit these last few weeks, but he does not allow touchdowns and he does not allow a lot of yards per reception. Pretty darn good corner in Denzel Ward, and Terry McLaurin's going to have his work cut out for him, but I like number 17 in any matchup, one-on-one, 
against any corner in this league. But it's another week for Curtis Samuel and Jahan. These guys, some Deami Brown, would like to see him try to get some more targets. We've seen it earlier in the year. Again, we keep talking about that Tennessee game where he had two deep shots, right? Get him a little bit more involved. He's a day two pick. He's got a good skill set. Not just on screens or quick slants or five-yard comeback routes. Allow him to continue to stretch the field. Whether he's stretching the field to allow someone to come underneath on a crossing route. Get the ball in their hands 15 yards downfield. We have some more arm strength now under center in Carson Wentz. The mobility is not going to be there. That's why it makes me a little nervous how much Washington wants to pass this week against the secondary because obviously we know Carson Wentz can be a little bit inaccurate, right? Be turnover prone sometimes when releasing that football. We understand what we get with Carson Wentz. By no means are we going to sit here and say, ah, oh, Carson Wentz, you know, MVP guy coming in, elite quarterback in this league. We understand that the limitations, as much as we talk about it with Heineke, have the same thing with Carson. And it's going to be a hell of a test against this secondary this week. So it's going to be another week for Scott Turner to be conceptually unique in what he wants to do offensively against a secondary that has a ton of ball hawks on the outside. Whether they want to play zone and give you everything underneath, they want to sit at the sticks and force you to run five-yard comebacks and work downhill and try to get interceptions and read Carson Wentz's eyes because he hasn't been in the offense a ton. We'll see some of that. I don't expect them to to play a ton of press man. If they will, that is expecting me that they're going to send a ton of blitzes and make Carson beat them pre-snap. All these little things kind of tie in together as far as Carson's test this week against a heck of a defense at the back end. And then you got Miles Garrett coming after you on every single snap. I expect Washington, hopefully, to give Charles Leno and Cornelius Lucas and Sam Cosme some help on the edges. Whether that's aligning the tight end opposite their outside shoulder or keeping Brian Robinson in or keeping Jonathan Williams in as an extra body in pass pro. I'm not scared of the Jordan Elliott's and Taven Bryan's up the middle. I expect them to potentially send linebackers to try to create more bodies within the interior and change the math up front. They're going to send six and you only got five in protection. Well, someone's going to be a free runner. That's on Carson to understand his hot read. Who has he got quick to the outside? All these things are going to be really... I'm interested in the first three to four series for Carson and what the game plan looks like. Is it a lot of three-step pitches, bucket steps, getting that ball out quick to the outside? Is it going to be feeding Brian Robinson three, four, five times consecutively, but differently, right? Not just powers to the two-hole, powers to the three-hole. Is it RPOs? Is it allowing Carson to keep it on a play just to keep those outside backers and the backside of the defense honest? A lot of different things that Scott Turner's going to have to do this week because of how different Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz's skill sets are. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be too much different when we're talking about like Heineke and Sam Howell. Now Sam Howell's got a ton of arm talent and he can move, so they're very similar Heineke and Howell from that perspective from a mobility. But Carson Wentz doesn't offer you that mobility, so you're going to have to be different in what you're doing from an aerial perspective and creating space on the outside, not allowing these corners to work downhill consistently and keeping their eyes in the backfield, is getting Brian Robinson going. You're in the red zone. Look for Logan Thomas over the middle of the field. They want to bring John Johnson down to Grant Telpa and target him. I like his big physical frame in the red zone. Cole Turner, I would like to see him get some targets in the red zone when they get there. 
That was a huge, that's been a huge deficiency of Washington's offense is not executing in the red zone and not just getting three, but making your field goals. And then when you can, you gotta get six. You gotta get six because you lose this week. Last week was nice, right? Lions lost in Carolina. The Giants lost to the Vikings. Seattle was beat by, beaten by the Chiefs. Got some help last week and you're able to sit at the seventh seed. And right now, the playoffs started today. You're traveling to Minnesota to face our old friend and Kirk Cousins and a team that Washington should have beat earlier this year. But I hate playing shoulda, woulda, couldas. But this week, you got to win your own games. You have to take care of business. So that is going to wrap up today's podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed. If you did, please leave a like, review, share, subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. If you don't already, you could follow me on Twitter. And underscore Ryan Fowler. All my written work is housed at thedraftnetwork.com, including more audio and video content. Again, I will have a post-game recap out for you guys. Again, six and nine Cleveland Browns visiting the seven, seven, and one, seven seed in the NFC, Washington Commanders at one o'clock on Sunday at FedEx Field. So enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy New Year's Eve. On Saturday, enjoy the college football playoff, Michigan and TCU and Ohio State, Georgia. Some good college ball games and draft prospects to look out for that we're going to get into in the next few months as we head towards April. But again, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your New Year's Eve. And then Sunday, 1 o'clock at FedEx Field, Cleveland Browns at Washington Commanders. A huge week for the Burgundy and Goal. So thank you as always for tuning in. Always appreciate your time. I'm Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network, and this is Commanding the Huddle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.